Asshole Court is a bi-weekly podcast in which a group of lifelong friends choose a controversial public figure and examine their history through available public records and various publications to determine if that person is as much of an asshole as the general public suspects. We rate the subjects on a not-so-scientific scale, ranging from Mr. Rogers to Hitler, 1 to 11, and average out the three scores in the end for our final number. Just a reminder, our judgment has no legal weight, is strictly an opinion, and is subject to change at any time, especially in the case of new evidence. It shouldn't be taken seriously, so just don't. Global icon, media mogul, billionaire, philanthropist extraordinaire, crack smoker, the first few items on that list definitely describe today's show subject, but just like we'll learn in the show today, everyone, even one-named celebrities, are human. Oprah Winfrey came from a dysfunctional family. Growing up in abject poverty with a troubled childhood, she managed to pull herself up by the bootstraps, put that big old brain to work, utilized her talent, and has wound up being one of the most well-known people on the planet. Joining the likes of Bono, Voltaire, Pele, and Snoopy, the one-named celeb club is hard to get a public invite to, but she definitely seemed to pass the test and has entered the stratosphere of that global icon status. Her monster ratings have been driven behind all the feel-good stories, book club suggestions, and don't forget, and you get a car, and you get a car, but she's also introduced us to a cast of characters that have either worn out their welcome or pulled some shit scandalous enough to land themselves in our courtroom. But as Oprah, as clean and wholesome as she is portrayed, or is she deep down a bit of a crack smoking hoe that made it to the top of the mountain? We'll dive into this and more on the Oprah Winfrey episode of Asshole Court. All right, before we get started with the show, we want to give a massive shout out to Marissa from Facebook, Meredith, a.k.a. the Derby Monster from Instagram, and our boy Lars Rossness, also from Instagram, for giving us a suggestion to do Oprah Winfrey as a show subject. So big ups, y'all. Appreciate that. Hey, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. That's for real. Awesome. Yeah. Let's get some pre-show scores for Oprah Winfrey. Okay, so I uh, don't like Oprah, but not for a personal reason or whatever. I'm sure she's probably like a fairly nice person. I just don't like the amount of influence she has over like an absolute army of moms out there. I don't expect her to be a genius or even like a super well thought out person when it comes to, you know, science and stuff like that. I don't know. So like when you have Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, she brings those people on at the end of the day, it's a business and it sells and end of the day, she's honestly just a, she's a talk show host, but she just ended up hitting some sort of weird sweet spot with like America's 30 to 70 year old women. So I'm going to be realistic and put her at a, put her at a 5.25 to start. All right. 5.25 for Mikey. 
Buddy, what do you think about Oprah? So, um, you know, I don't watch too much Oprah. I don't even think I've ever watched one episode. I mean, like I've seen it in the background, mm-hmm. you know, going on, but uh yeah, no. So, um, I don't really have a lot to go on. You know, I just remember her from the nineties, eighties, nineties and all that. But I mean, like Mikey was talking about, like she just kind of fell into this groove that I mean, like it could have honestly been Ricky Lake or like I mean, you insert any other name of T V show hosts from back then that have just disappeared at this point. But yeah. I mean she has lasted the test of time. And it surprises me when she does have like Mikey also said, Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil on the show, you know, that's who she's like, yes, we're going to go to our specialists. And that's who she goes to. And, you know, I have a bit of an issue with that. I feel like by this point in her career, she would have a say as to whether or not she would allow those people onto her show. And so I think that she does. And I don't like that kind of, um, you know, just for the marketing and for the ratings. So... But I don't know of any evil stuff she's done. I'm interested to hear about this crack smoking. Um, <laughs> yes. That, that was very intriguing from the intro, Randy. But, uh, you know, if we say the average person is a three or a four, and uh, if I'm comparing her somewhere on the line with some of our previous people, I don't think she's as much of a jerk as Ellen DeGeneres. So pre-show, I'm going to go a little bit lower and score a 4.0 off the rip. Okay. And we'll see where she lands by the end. Average asshole. All right. What you got, Randy? So I've uh, broadcast many times. I do like daytime talk shows, but I yes. like the trashy ones. I love Maury. I love some Jerry Springer back mm-hmm. in the day. Jerry, Jerry. The one show that you won't ever forget is the Geraldo show. Of course. Where he had the Ku Klux Klan on oh, and man. the fight broke out and he yeah. got his nose broken by a chair. Yeah. Man. If you haven't ever watched that, just Google that. Geraldo Ku Klux <laughs> I saw, Klan. I saw it happen in real time. Really? My mom was so excited. This was like 88 or 89. Yeah. I remember my mom was hype. About the Ku Klux Klan coming on to- No, the rumor had already come out. <laughs> The rumor had already come out that it was going to be an insane show, and that, that you know they had spilled the tea a little early because they wanted to get the, the yeah, viewership. Yeah, my, yeah. yeah, and I remember going home. My mom was like, "We've got to get home to watch Geraldo. And we were at my house in California. They had like the upstairs part where you could like the den. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Den, you know whatever. So me and my sister and my mom sat up there and watched it. And I think yeah, I was like six or seven or whatever, but I mean, it was hype. <laughs> and when they broke his nose and he had a tape, his nose was all taped because it was broken. My mom was like, what an idiot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, classic, classic nice. TV. So, uh, you know, but the one of the shows I didn't ever get into was Oprah. Right. Uh, doesn't surprise me. Doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't quite fit the mold for me. But, you know, looking outward in, you know, pre-show before you do the research, you don't hear too much real bad stuff right yeah. and if it is it's usually overshadowed by a lot of goodness that she's done so uh pre-show i've got her at a 4.5 okay all right with the 5.25 from mikey a 4.0 from buddy and a 4.5 from randy oprah's pre-show asshole score is a 4.58 4.58 puts her right at the same asshole level as tom cruise yeah, yeah I, I could. that was an infamous episode that as well. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah the jumping on the couch and all that. Funny how the correlation worked out there. That's hey, it. I awesome. like it. You guys ready to do this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get prime time. Wait, she's not on prime time, so that doesn't work. Let's get daytime. Daytime. Orpa Gail Winfrey was born on January 29th, 1954 in Kosciuszko, Mississippi to 19-year-old Vernita Lee and 21-year-old Vernon Winfrey. Wait, Randy, did you say Orpa? I was about to ask. Yeah, I was about to, too. I did. The name on her birth certificate is Orpa, O-R-P-A-H, 
after the biblical figure in the book of Ruth. Huh. But naturally, the people of Mississippi in the 1950s couldn't pronounce her name correctly, and she became known as Oprah. Oh, they did her a favor. Yeah, yeah. they did. And I was thinking that this was like Kanye style, like, I've got some awards that say Kane, yeah. you know, but... I just feel like they did her a favor because there were some, uh, like, when Jaws came out, there was a movie called Orca. Yeah, that's right. what I was, was thinking yeah, in my head. She would have been getting torn apart as a as a fat black lady. Yeah. <laughs> It'd have been like, yeah, Orca. Yeah. And in the have, South, too. Could have destroyed like, her, her confidence. We never would have Orpo Winfrey today. Or Harpo. Harpo. It would have been Orpo. Something. Arpo. Yeah. Arpo. Arpo. Whatever. Apro. That works out. Yeah. yeah. Apropo. Apropo. Yeah. Hapro. Been, eh, that's not too bad. Hapro. Hapro. Yeah. Anyway, all right. <laughs> Oprah also has a very Maury Povich type situation going on in terms of who's the father. Ooh. Vernon is the man that Oprah considers to be her dad and played an integral part in her upbringing. But Noah Robinson, a Mississippi farmer, wants Oprah to submit to a paternity test that says he would once and for all prove that he is the father. He's trying to get paid, right? Robinson insisted, I'm her real father. I haven't seen her since she was a kid. She was a little bitty thing. During an interview with him, Robinson said that he met Oprah's mom when they worked in the same part of town and that he often drove her to and from work. I had to get by her house to get to my daddy's house because it was on the same road, he said. So not a whole lot of proof. But Did they say what they did for a living? Her mom was a housemaid. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so they potential. just it was just lived on the same street, basically. Pretty much. Her dad did. She could have been conceived in like a lunch break fuck sesh. There you go. Hey. But she considers, Oprah does, that Vernon is her father, but has figured out over the years that he isn't her biological dad. No. She's never come out and said who her father is, but I'm just saying, I'm sure Maury would love to have her on his show. Oh, that would be a top episode for him. Oh, man, All her more. attorneys are like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. And that guy, I saw the Noah Robinson interview, mm-hmm. um, and he's living in a VA hospital, kind of just, you know. Any I need that of- kidney. <laughs> Orpa, I'll never forget. <laughs> I need that kidney. You got to save my life. I banged your mom. <laughs> it was lunch break. I remember it was very sexual, very sensual, very passionate. We did it in my truck. That's it. Had some okra afterwards. <laughs> Dude, open up the back of that truck bed, baby. God, it was romantic. Then I ditched her because that's what we do. <laughs> Oprah spent the first six years of her life living with her grandmother, Hattie Mae Lee, who was so poor that the future media mogul often wore dresses made of potato sack. The unconventional clothing earned her the oh-so-original nickname Sack Girl among the local children. <laughs> they just phoned that one in. They're like, hey, everybody get together. we got to come up with a, with a fucking funny name for Orpa. She wears a potato sack. Wild-eyed. Crazy sack girl. sack girl. Dude, honestly, a burlap sack, that's just like I've heard people wearing burlap sacks, yeah. but there's no way it wouldn't just destroy your nips. Oh, man. Oh, Rip them yeah. apart. Yeah. yeah. Oprah's nipples were destroyed. That's the first thing I've learned. Just like Andy from The Office on, yeah. on that episode where he had to run, run. the marathon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hattie Mae also taught Oprah how to read by the age of three and would take her to church where she earned the nickname The Preacher. For her ability to recite Bible verses. Okay. Well, there you go. She's starting to get uh, an audience already. Age of three. By 1962, unable to care for her two daughters, Vernita would send Oprah to live with her father, Vernon, in Nashville, Tennessee. While she was away, Vernita would give birth to another daughter. She again named Patricia, the same name as Oprah's first sister. 
She but gave her up for adoption. Ran out of ideas. Yeah, wow. Two daughters named Patricia. She's like, let's go with Patricia. What about this one? Orpa? <laughs> <laughs> Seems good. Or Patricia? <laughs> she also had another son at this time named Jeffrey. Oprah wouldn't even learn of Patricia Part Two's existence until 2010. Jeffrey, however, died of age-related causes in 1989. Dude, so you're Patricia, and you get a call in 2010 from Oprah? I'm your sister. You're like, and you get a sister. Yeah. I've been praying. <laughs> the Lord has answered my prayers. She said, I want nothing to do with you, bitch. <laughs> She's like, I can't even get a Kia. Can you give me a car? Oh, no. There's a tale of betrayal that will yeah. soon come, come through. The summer after the third grade, Oprah was taken to visit her mom and now two siblings. She decided to stay with them in Milwaukee. Oprah was living there at nine years old when she had her first experience with sexual abuse. Damn. Uh, I wanted to make a joke about living in horrible places like Mississippi and Milwaukee. Then you had to say something <laughs> about sexual abuse and yeah. just make it even worse No somehow. jokes there. While babysitting her younger siblings, Oprah said she was raped by her 19-year-old cousin. As time went on, a family friend and an uncle would also abuse the vulnerable young girl. Jesus, Ouch. dude. Damn. These incidents were something she first announced on a 1986 episode of her TV show regarding sexual abuse. When Winfrey discussed the alleged abuse with family members at the age of 24, they reportedly refused to believe her account. How many times do we hear that story? Yeah. Yeah. No, very Tale true. as old as time right there. Tale as old as time. Got touched by your uncle. <laughs> Winfrey once commented that she had chosen not to be a mother because she had not been mothered well. At 13, after suffering what she described as years of abuse, Winfrey packed her shit and ran away from home. Ouch. On the run at 13? 13. Jeez. While on the road, she hitchhiked around and was picked up by a dude that wound up trying to smother her. God. But she was saved by a hatchet-wielding fellow hitchhiker named Kai, who you can see his amazing story online and may be the most famous hitchhiker in the last 30 years. <laughs> do you guys remember Kai the Hitchhiker? No, I don't oh, remember. I you guys remember. I do vaguely remember this. What do you want to talk about? What happened today? Well, went straight out of Dogtown, skateboarding, surfing it up. This stuff right here, I was driving and I was, well, I was in the passenger side of this fucker's car and fucking buddy gets out and these two women are trying to help him. He runs up and he grabs one of them, man. Like a guy that big can snap a woman's neck like a pencil stick. So I fucking ran up behind him with a hatchet. Smash, smash, smash. Yeah. The, the lady said you saved her life. She was the one who got grabbed by that fucker. You know what? Fuck is cool. That guy ain't. Shit. I remember him. Yeah. So the story of her almost getting smothered is true. No. That's also not uh, true. That's completely fabricated by me, <laughs> oh, Randy. <laughs> I mean, uh, at this point, she's like Job. She's getting like raped by family members, like booted, has to live in Milwaukee and Mississippi. And so I didn't think it was going to be all that uh, odd if some guy tried to pick her up and smother her. No, she just ran away from home. Okay. Now, while we're speaking about truckers, uh, what was the truck driver and the Pee Wee Herman Large Marge, bro. Large Marge. Large Marge. Yeah. That shit gave me nightmares when I was a kid. <laughs> Couldn't watch that scene. I saw that at a drive-in theater, and like my parents had no clue when that shit happened, and it was like, oh, shit! <laughs> my parents were like, fuck, he's going to have nightmares tonight. He's going to crawl in our bed. At 14, she did become pregnant, and Robert. the teenage girl managed to hide her pregnancy from her family for seven months. 
During her pregnancy, her mother actually decided to kick her out of the house. She was supposed to go to a detention center for girls, but fortunately they were full and couldn't accept her. It was at this time she again was sent to live with her father, who helped her turn things around. Hmm. She told her father about the pregnancy, then went into labor the very same day. Yikes. Oh, wow. Couple Dad, months I got something to tell you. Oh, God, can we you gotta go. <laughs> can you take me to the hospital? I've got a story. Yeah. yeah. Her baby boy died two weeks later. She said, I was so ashamed. I hid the pregnancy until my swollen ankles and belly gave me away. The baby died in the hospital weeks later. Damn. The world learned of Oprah's secret pregnancy in 1990 when a family member sold the story to the National Enquirer. While she didn't name which family member betrayed her when writing about the experience for O, the Oprah magazine, the Associated Press reported it was her deceased half-sister Patricia, who, as Oprah wrote, sat in a room, told them the story of my hidden shame, and left their offices $19,000 richer. Patty, you bitch! <laughs> yep, told you. Tale of betrayal soon coming. It oh, happens a lot, man. man. It happens a lot when you get like that famous. People will sell your stories and anything. Yeah, but was Oprah not taking care of her at this point? Didn't she like contact her she in eighty nine? About and... her until like two thousand ten, I guess. Oh or yeah, something about I. Well, I guess. Oh, hold on, that, that was like nineteen ninety. Right. So yeah. it was it was, a, it was the initial one, Patricia. It was the initial Patricia. Uh, yeah. yeah, not in, not Patty Trish. two, Patty one. It was initial, Trisha Senior. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I guess that's so. Initial Trish. <laughs> initial initial <laughs> Trish. Initial yeah. Trish. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That, but that happens all the time. They'll sell stories to uh, uh, like tabloids because. Fuck it, you know they're like, hey, it's twenty thousand bucks. I'll I mean, I would blackmail the person before I did that. I would at least give them a chance to pay me <laughs> off, right? Hey, Orpa, I'm gonna go to the National Enquirer. They offered me nineteen G's Holy for twenty five large. You too can have your story tucked away in the annals of history without being released. And if that is an AHC podcast ended before they could get famous because Mikey could no longer trust his partners. <laughs> When Mikey whipped out the NDAs three years later, yeah. we were like, uh. Yeah. Like, After 30 years of friendship, yeah. they decided enough was enough. The long con. <laughs> Big thanks for all the support over the last two years, and now we've got something new for you. Conspiracy Court. We'll take the wildest and sometimes most believable conspiracies and run them through our courtroom-style show to see what you think. These shows will be available exclusively on patreon.com slash ahcpodcast. While you're there, you can sign up for ad-free shows, voting power on future episodes, stickers, swag, and a whole lot more. Check it out today. Once again, thank you for everything, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Now, let's get back to the courtroom. Winfrey went back to her mom's house after the baby died, where she attended Lincoln High School in Milwaukee. But after early success in the Upward Bound program, she was transferred to the affluent suburban Nicolette High School. Okay. Nicolette High School sounds uh, more hoity-toity, doesn't it? Yeah. Upon transferring, she said she was continually reminded of her poverty as she rode the bus to school with her fellow African-Americans, some of whom were servants of her classmates' family. She began to rebel and steal money from her mother in an effort to keep up with her free-spending peers. But her mother couldn't have been that rich, so I don't know how much she was yeah. stealing. But but imagine how much it hurt, yeah, the family by her doing that. That's you know, right. yeah. Oprah comes home in some like basically like a Nike Corvette, pump, like Nike pumps. <laughs> she said, "I knew I've been missing some money. I don't understand." She's like, "I've also I mortgaged the house and bought this Corvette, Mom. I got to keep up with the Joneses. They're the people across the street. Also, you're now their servant. <laughs> Signed you up for work, Mom." 
As a result, her mother once again sent her to live with Vernon in Nashville. Vernon was strict but encouraging and made her education a priority. Winfrey became an honor student, was voted most popular girl, and joined her high school speech team at East Nashville High School, placing second in the nation in dramatic interpretation. Huh. If there's one thing I don't think I would want to sit through is a dramatic interpretation contest. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's just me, and probably I'm where I'm at in life, and she's a billionaire, well, so there's that. Or a subtitled uh, dramatic impersonation. Uh, even worse. I mean, honestly, isn't dramatic interpretation just a like, fancy name for acting? Yeah, I would think. Yeah. yeah. I can dramatically interpret some fart if you want yeah. me to do that. Try it. Maybe later. <laughs> Please not while we're in the studio. He said, <laughs> and this is where he gets real mad. <laughs> then he decides he's sad. <laughs> then he goes for a run. <laughs> there you go. Dramatic interpretation of fart. First in the nation. <laughs> there it is. Enough fart and dick jokes here to last a lifetime. That's it. At the age of 17, Winfrey won the Miss Black Tennessee beauty pageant. Okay. She was also attracted to the attention of the local black radio station, WVOL, which hired her to do news part-time. WVOLS, WVOLS, <laughs> WVOL. Dude. Uh, and, and not to be mean here, because I'm- How is Oprah winning a beauty pageant? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. I'm just saying, like, she's not, it's not that she's ugly, you're just like, I mean, a beauty pageant, I just stay, I mean, I, it would be shocking if I won, like, handsome man pageant. I can't imagine her- I just can't, I don't know. I guess, I guess it worked out. I read it and I was like, interesting. There was three contestants and it was actually put on by her family. (laughs) Patricia was one of the uh, judges. (laughs) She worked at the radio station during her senior year of high school and in her first two years of college. Mm -hmm. She had won an oratory contest, which secured her a full scholarship to Tennessee State University, a historically black institution, where she studied communication. However, she turned in her final paper a little late about 15 years late, in 1987, <laughs> and then received her degree. Okay. Uh, Why even bother? Because they're just going to give you an honorary one anyway. That's true. You're going to get all sorts of honorary degrees. Just well, wait. it was like Jordan going back and finishing college and what was it? Cultural geography? That's right. Make oh, mama yeah. proud. Yeah. You know? yeah. I guess. But I'd be like, I'm already paid, man. <laughs> I ain't wasting any more time. I ain't writing shit. no more papers. Yeah. Once Oprah Winfrey became very comfortable on stage as a beauty queen, she made the leap to television at a very young age. Winfrey went on to become the first African-American female news anchor in Nashville. She didn't waste any time. She actually left Tennessee State to get a job at the ripe old age of 19. She said, I remember leaving class to take a phone call from Channel 5's Chris Clark, Winfrey said on her show. During her interview, she asked if she knew how to run a camera and write a news story. She said, I think I lied and said, sure I can. Working in local media, Winfrey was both the youngest news anchor and the first black female news anchor at Nashville's WLAC-TV where she often covered the same stories as John Tesh, who oh. worked at a competing Nashville station. Oh, wow. Fascinating. Yeah. So Imagine he, if she had just gone the Entertainment Tonight route instead of Mary Hart, John Tesh, and Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey. That's right. In 1976, she moved to Baltimore's WJZ-TV to co-anchor the 6 o'clock news. She began her time in Baltimore as the co-anchor, weekday newscast alongside a dude named Jerry Turner. First of all, he wanted to be alone from the beginning. And then if he had to have a co-host, he didn't want a young, green-behind-the-ears one like me, Winfrey told the Baltimore Sun. At every chance he could get, he would embarrass me or, like, try to make me feel bad about where I went to school. That's when I first learned that, oh, where you went to school is an important thing because he'd say, 
where'd you go to school again? That little college or university. So I would have to say my memories of Jerry Turner are not fond ones. Where did he go to school at? I don't know. Hard Knocks University, <laughs> bitch. He's on Facebook right now selling tires. <laughs> Look up his meth addiction. Hey, Oprah, can, can I get a job as a producer or Dude. something? I just crazy how she falls into that shit. Yeah. Like 19 years old, 19. like, do you want to be an anchor? On TV. Yeah. I would. Well, apparently she was a great speaker. She had won all these oratory contests. She had a full ride because of, you know. She's, she's got a good voice. The gift of gab. Yeah. What's well, the voice? She's got a good, uh, like, a, uh, the timbre of her voice is nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she could do voiceovers. Mm. For sure. Speaking of uh, not great voices, Gilbert Gottfried dying. Oh, really? Yeah. R.I.P., homie. Yeah. Oh, Heart issue. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. That guy. That's oh, a shame. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> That guy had a horrible voice and made it a whole career. Yeah, uh, and also and owns also that face. Yeah, yeah, owns the the award for the too soon joke of all time. Remember when he did uh, Hugh Hefner's roast, like literally like a couple of days after nine eleven, and dropped a nine eleven joke. Oh, oh no. no, it was incredible. <laughs> he got booed. He was like, "Oh fucking shut up." <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Gilbert, the talk show host that we all know got her first talk show gig in nineteen eighty four. When a talk show opened in Chicago, she went for it. She was offered her own show called AM Chicago, so she packed up and moved to the Windy City. Winfrey was going up against morning talk show legend Phil Donahue. Oh, oh, Phil. Phil, and quickly surpassed his viewer numbers, shocking everyone. Her ratings were so impressive that in 1985, the show was renamed The Oprah Winfrey Show. Yeah, I guess so. When Oprah received the offer from King World to take her show into national syndication, it was famed movie critic Roger Ebert who convinced her it would be foolish to say no. Mm-hmm. Well, on the first of two dates in the mid-80s, yep. he grabbed a napkin at the restaurant where they were enjoying dinner and started jotting down some numbers, according to a 2005 post on Oprah.com. By his prediction, she would make 40 times what he was making for at the movies. Mm-hmm. He slid the napkin across the table to show Oprah the final tally, and she said, deal done. Yeah. The Oprah Winfrey Show began broadcasting nationally on September 8th, 1986. And he, she slid a magnum across the table to Roger Ebert, <laughs> and they went back to his tiny, humble abode, and he clapped her cheeks so hard. Yeah, I'm sure when Make it was Make me over, a billionaire. Make me a billionaire. <laughs> After it was Two over, thumbs up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> After it was over, I'm sure Ebert would give a play-by-play of what was good, bad, unwatchable while well, oprah would ask him how he felt about the whole thing oh yeah i wonder if that was like the play-by-play with siskel like afterwards yeah you know she had a voluptuous bosom <laughs> um it was like a hot dog down a hallway if you know what i mean <laughs> to be honest i didn't enjoy the dramatic interpretation of the farts that she was uh portraying as you clapped her butt uh <laughs> <laughs> it was unnecessary, gratuitous, to be honest. But just, One thumb down. But just like the movies, it's better with the lights off. Oh, my God. They actually had a menage. Fucking, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. The lights Thanks come on the- and <laughs> Siskel's sucking Ebert's dick. Thanks for that uh, middle image, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I, had, I had no idea. I thought that was over. He goes, whatever, I'm bald. You knew it the whole time. 
All right, all right, we're off topic. <laughs> Back to Oprah. She had refused to bow down to pressure from higher ups to make her talk show more scandalous in the nineties when the likes of the Jerry Springer show were dominating the airwaves. That is true. I remember that for a while there she was she was doing some weird shows like that. In reality, her ratings actually dropped as a result of her refusal to bend, but naturally sticking to her guns has since paid off massively. The TV icon admitted it crossed my mind, but it didn't stay there very long because I like to be in control of my own destiny, Winfrey elaborated. I like to be able to have a say in what does or does not happen. I don't want to be controlled by anybody or have to respond to anyone else's ideas about what show I should be doing. Neither does anybody else. You just happen to have the fucking sway to do it at this point. The golden ticket. It's called me crazy, but you know what? I want to do what I want to do, and I don't want to work. I don't, <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, you know what? I just never really liked working. I'm like, ah, most people don't. That's not special. It's like a girl being like, I just don't like other girls. You know, I just want to hang out with dudes. I'm like, oh, you're getting slammed, girl. <laughs> you know what's up? Oprah's TV show, to say the least, was an absolute booming success for the next 25 plus years. Her awards and accolades include 18 Daytime Emmy Awards, including the Lifetime Achievement Award and the Chairman's Award. Two Primetime Emmys, including the Bob Hope Humanitarian Award, a Tony Award, a Peabody Award, and the Jean Horschelt Humanitarian Award, awarded by the Academy Awards. Two additional Academy Award nominations. Oh, the Jean Horschelt. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Winfrey was elected as a member of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences in 2021, but all her successes haven't gone without controversy. She became known for her celebrity interviews, the interviews that no one else could get. In 1993, Oprah sat down with Michael Jackson for an interview that broadcast live from his Neverland ranch. Ooh. It was the entertainer's first interview in 14 years as such. It brought in the viewers. Taking place before any allegations of sexual abuse had been made, the interview became the fourth most watched event in American TV history and the most watched interview ever, with an audience of over 90 million worldwide. God. Now, is this the interview that he's wearing, like, the red shirt, and they're kind of just, like, sitting side by side? Like, I don't know. I saw a clip. I think he wore a red shirt for, like, a decade there, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, I saw this uh, clip from where she's interviewing him, and I don't know if it's from that same interview, but... She's like, you know, so like whenever you're making a song, you just kind of like feel the music or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He starts going all into that and she keeps on trying to go on with the interview and he's just, I mean, in the zone. And I mean, like for like two minutes, she's like, and then um, what do you do? And he's just. Yeah. Yeah. I know people talking about like what a genius he was. They're like, he could come up with a tune and he could play it with his mouth. I'm like, like humming. Like that's. <laughs> it was pitch perfect. <laughs> Come on. Ha. What key is that? <laughs> Come on. In 1995, while interviewing four mothers with past drug problems, along Washington Post reporter Patrice Gaines on her show, Oprah admitted on air that she'd smoked crack cocaine in her 20s. Let me say this, and this is probably one of the hardest things I've ever said, she said, her voice crackling. But I was involved with a man in my 20s who introduced me to the same drug that you've been talking about. And like Patrice, I always felt that the drug itself is not the problem, but I was addicted to the man. I can't think of anything I wouldn't have done for that man. Yeah, I mean, I can see that for sure. Also, in their 20s, she was already a fucking news anchor. Yeah, yeah. Smoking yeah. crack, son. May, 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 may crack like this. Ghetto dope. That's right. She was in Baltimore and like just smoking rock. With, on the like, wire. Yeah. <laughs> Ghetto ope. Dude, I'm telling you, like, um, 
Like, so you just tried it once, I guess? Uh, the dude she was with smoked crack, and he would get her to smoke crack with her. So it sounded like a couple times. That dude's times. alive yeah, out there somewhere. Maybe, maybe. alive. Yeah, like, I don't well, know. He was you were smoking, smoking crack, crack in, the back 80s. in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. He's probably got AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even still, yeah, it sounds like it was more than once. If you're, like, going to do it, you know, with your man, and you do anything for him, that sounds like at least a couple of sessions. That's weird. But it just sounds like an odd, like, I just envision people, like, after dinner, sitting down. Yeah. Oh, you want to hit this crack pipe? Well, honestly, I've got to work tomorrow. I've got a morning show to do. <laughs> it won't affect you at all. Don't you worry about it. It'll make your morning show even better. <laughs> honestly, just take this little pipe, smoke it on the way to work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Feeling tired? You know, just go for it. That's it. <laughs> like Tyrone Biggums <laughs> just scratching her neck or whatever. Y'all got any more of them motor shows? <laughs> Let's take it back to you, Chuck. <laughs> Is this not the free crack giveaway? It's an intervention on Oprah? One of our first beefs with an organization began with an episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show in 1996 amid widespread fears of so-called mad cow disease. I remember this one. Uh, and we've talked about this before That's on right. previous Oscar episodes. Phil. Yeah. A potentially fatal illness that humans can catch by eating certain organs of infected cattle. Though the disease's spread had actually peaked a few years earlier, according to the CDC, Winfrey brought a vegetarian activist onto her show, and this is what happened. Mm. Well, that's, you know. Let's talk about beef. Let's bring in our expert on beef, a vegetarian <laughs> activist. <laughs> Not saying there's anything wrong there, but you're like, you know, it's, 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 the, the scale is a little well, off there. It's the president of PETA. Yeah. You said this disease could make AIDS look like the common cold, Winfrey told the activist, according to the AP. Absolutely. This has just stopped me from eating another burger, Winfrey exclaimed, and her audience applauded. Ranchers said beef prices crashed to a 10-year low the next day. Oh, wow. Oprah accused of whipping up anti-beef lynch mob, CNN reported two years later, after a group of ranchers sued Winfrey under a Texas law against making disparaging statements about perishable food products. And then they, like, the, the conversely, she's like, well, to get the opposite side, we're bringing out Joe Rogan. <laughs> now, you've told me that eating beef makes your dick huge and that makes you come way later in the super sex sesh. That's totally true. It's true. I'm it, eating a burger true. right now, she said. <laughs> all you got to do is eat all that elk. It's and, a, uh, yeah. Is that what he eats, elk? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, pretty much. Just, just elk? Uh, well, he'll go out like hunting like once a year and okay. like shoot like two of them and eats off that all okay. year. All right. Mm. More or less. You Joe Rogan fans out there, correct buddy at AHC Podcast. Okay. A judge later downgraded the case to a defamation suit, but Winfrey was forced to relocate her show to Amarillo where her fans packed the street outside the courtroom during the 1998 trial. But her adversaries wore shirts that read, the only mad cow in Texas is Oprah. Oh, man. That's this sounds like a South Park episode. Like, right? I mean, it does. Probably yeah. could be one. She Matt and really, Trey. It's, she should just be a little bit more judicious in her, like, immediate thoughts. Because she does have the ability the to sway jerk. people. Yeah. yeah. Fuck a burger! <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere, you know? Dave from Wendy's is like, fuck! Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, we talked about it in the Dr. Phil show. Like, mad cow disease is horrifying, right? It's, it's for real. It's bad. If you get prions, trust me, you'd rather have AIDS. But also... The odds of you getting AIDS versus prions, it's not equivalent. It's not It's not a very fair uh, comparison. comparison. Yeah. yeah. A jury eventually decided that Winfrey had not been trying to sabotage the beef industry. Her fans drank champagne outside the courthouse, and the talk show host refused once again to eat a burger. 
During the trial, one of the people that Oprah employed as part of her legal team was a guy named Phil McGraw, a.k.a. Dr. Dr. Phil. She was impressed with his work in other trials and brought him in to help her. He then began to have regular segments on her show, and that's what got his jump start into TV stardom as well. That's right. Now, refresh my memory um, from our Dr. Phil show and just, you know, our hate for Dr. Phil. That's right. What, that's right. Um, was he peddling a lot of his stuff on the Oprah show or did he just use that as a platform to to take off from and then kind of went squarely after that? I think it's, well, it, so it was a springboard. He's not the same as Dr. Oz and in, in that he sells like, you know, magic supplements beans. and shit. Yeah. 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 His is just like, his is just, he's just like a, a lifestyle he's he's like a fucking life coach yeah basically but dr oz is the one that's like yeah try these supplements they're amazing you'll lose weight and have a bigger dick like uh, joe rogan and you'll come <laughs> <laughs> you'll fuck for hours that's pretty much it with the beef wars behind her winfrey returned to her staple brand of positivity sometimes tinged with tragedy in fall 2005 she brought author james fry onto her show who had written a harrowing memoir about overcoming alcohol and drug addiction. Yep. If you've ever had to live through this with somebody you love, here's a story that was written for you, Winfrey told her viewers. The rest of the segment was filled with passages from Fry's book, A Million Little Pieces. Fry regained consciousness in an airplane with no memory of missing teeth, Fry getting dental surgery without anesthesia, Fry freebasing cocaine and snorting glue. I heave and it comes, Fry recited from the book. The burning vomit comes and comes again and again. Winfrey enthusiastically recommended A Million Little Pieces for her book club. It sold more than two million copies over the next two months. Mm -hmm. The New York Times then reporters looked into Fry's stories and forced him to admit that he had made many of them up. Yeah. Where he had written about getting high, driving a car into the police officer, fighting with the officer, and spending three months in jail, police said... Fry had actually run his tire over the curb and politely paid bail for driving under the influence. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I read yeah, I remember when this. that book came out, it was like people were passing that shit around. And I read it and I was like, this is fucking horse shit, dude. Like, it's so over the top in terms of like addiction. And addiction is like real and shit like that. But you're like, this is like what a fucking creative writer thinks addiction is like. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Who has no no prior history yeah. with it. You and know? she brought him on there and was just like, yeah. I remember smoking crack too, man. <laughs> Shit's for real. But you know, I mean, mostly it was because I was getting some dick. Now you, you, you just like to really smoke it. So which is different because it wasn't the drug for me. It was mostly the dick. For you, it was the drug. Now tell me more. Where Fry wrote of being blamed for a teenager's fatal car accident, the girl's parents could recall nothing of it. Winfrey stood by the author, even after he admitted to exaggerating many stories. What is relevant is that he was a drug addict who spent years in turmoil, she told Larry King. It seems to be much ado about nothing. Now, critics turned on Winfrey, too. A Washington Post writer called her deluded. After a few days of humiliation, she invited Fry back on her show. By common consensus, absolutely shredded him. <laughs> it's true. It was a shred fest. Shred fest. Come yeah. on out of here, James Fry. <laughs> what were you addicted to? Starbucks, you little pussy. <laughs> You've been selling lies. Now, I really smoke crack. You did not. Is Oprah Axel Rose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you little bitch. You conned us all, she told the squirming author. That's a lie. It's not an idea, James. That's a lie. Still, the scandal did not end. The next year, Winfrey was back on King's show, denying she had cruelly annihilated the author she once built up. In 2011, more than five years after the initial plug, 
Winfrey invited Fry onto her show yet again and apologized to him for my lack of compassion. Some <laughs> noted at that time, Fry had a new book coming out. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. She said, who he wants to see me shit on him? Shit on him. Shit on him. Shit on him. It's true, though. It is pretty weak. For her to like basically, uh, you know, try to defend him up until the point where it's just she can't take the heat anymore. She's like, you fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. You she's fucking like, lied to all of us. She threw that shit in reverse real quick and backed <laughs> right over his shit. And that ended his career. And it should have because it was a fucking fake memoir. But she definitely shit on him. <laughs> shit on him. <laughs> you little bitch. How many times have you listened to an episode and thought, man. I wish they would have said this. Well, now with our interactive social media pages, you can. Let us know what you think about our show subjects and give us your scores. We'd love to hear from you. Well, most of you at least. Let's dive back into the action. One of the biggest controversies Oprah had to deal with came from the organization she created, the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls. Winfrey called the sprawling $40 million complex her gift to poor South African girls when it opened in 2007, complete with a yoga studio and a beauty salon. She initially had to defend the luxurious complex against accusations that it looked elitist in a country racked by poverty. She defended the school in her typical heartwarming style. If you're surrounded by beautiful things and wonderful teachers who inspire you, that beauty brings out beauty in you, Winfrey told reporters before the grand opening. So she basically went and made like a beaches resort uh, in the middle of Africa. Yeah, in South Africa. Yeah, I mean, what was she supposed to do? Make a shit shack? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, here you go. Hey, hey, because everybody else is so poor, I can't give you anything nice. You're going to have to enjoy. I've made this hut out of turds, out of my turds that I just pulled off of James Fry's body. The girls had never been told they are pretty or have wonderful dimples, she said. I wanted to hear those things as a child. But what if I don't have dimples? <laughs> Just to bring over that soldering iron. <laughs> you get dimples and you get dimples. Dimple. Dimple. The Oprah brand. <laughs> Several months later, a dorm matron was arrested and accused of sexually abusing at least half a dozen seventh and eighth graders. Oprah was reportedly heartbroken. She cried for half an hour, she told reporters in a news conference about the matron's arrest. She accused school officials of covering up the scandal. They told the girls to put on happy faces, Winfrey said. She dismissed the headmistress and promised to clean house at the academy. But less than two years later, with the dorm matron's trial still pending, several girls were suspended or expelled after accusations that they tried to force other students into sexual and romantic relationships. And then the original accusations began to unravel. The next year, The Guardian reported Oprah settled with the headmistress who had accused her of defamation by suggesting that she knew of the dorm matron's actions. A few months after that, the dorm matron was acquitted of all charges, The Guardian wrote. A judge had found the girl's accusations self-contradictory and not credible. The matron told reporters that her life had been ruined. She was broke, unemployed. She said she didn't know if she could ever forgive Winfrey, who continued to stand by the girls' accusations. Yeah, and that's tough because, I mean, like, Oprah does have the power to do that in a sense. So, like, she can either make you or break you. Oh, yeah, and, and she broke this woman for sure. Yeah. Well, and all it took was uh, some accusations, and then she has to, you know, <clears throat> back that truck over that one just like she did James <laughs> Fry. Can't have a bad look there, bro. Now, who, who's to really say what actually happened there? That's and that's right. what always is unfortunate in these cases when it's, like, Anytime there's allegations of sexual assault, it's always going to be he said, she said, or whatever. 
Uh, so I feel bad for Oprah in the in, in this situation because what do you do if someone comes to you and you're like, hey, this really nice school that you set up, well, it's basically a rape factory. You can't be like, yeah, you know, but I'm okay with that. Proven. Well, let's Proven. see how it plays out. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, like you got to get raped a little bit, but you're still getting a pretty sweet meal in a yoga studio. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, but it, I mean, it's just it sucks for her. So what do you do? Oprah has already selected America's doctor. That's Winfrey's term for Mehmet Oz, better known as Dr. Oz on her show. Boo! Where he became famous for dispensing health advice in the mid-2000s, including the classic segment, Everybody Poops. Well, that is true. It is true. I'm not a doctor, but I think that's accurate. Astute observation there, Dr. Oz. Oz has his own show. (laughs) Shit on him. (laughs) Shit on him. (laughs) As you know, Oz has his own show and may be the country's most influential physician as he regularly uses that influence to promote treatments with no scientific basis, including literal magic beans. Oz may not necessarily be politically toxic. Trump appeared on his show during the 2016, but he's become a pariah in the medical community. Mm-hmm. Winfrey booted him from her media network two years ago after a group of physicians accused him of quack treatments. Yeah, yeah and we we discussed that at large in that show, and... He's a very smart man. He's well educated. Mm-hmm. Like he went through like what was it like uh like like twelve years of school after after yeah. high school. Oh yeah, and, I mean he was a legit surgeon. All yeah. that stuff was real. And then he just figured out he's like, you know what pays more? Bullshit. <laughs> and then like the thing is too, like for her to be like, I just had no idea. People were telling her the whole time. And then it, all it takes is like a big everybody standing up and being like, oh, by the way, uh, he's full of shit. And she's like. You're right. Fuck him. Back Get him the truck out of here. up. Beep, 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 beep. Runs over his body. Shits on him. Shits, Shits on, on him. him. <laughs> Oz isn't the only accused quack that Winfrey has embraced. She's been blamed for boosting Jenny McCarthy's anti-vaccine crusade. And Winfrey has repeatedly plugged a mystical self-help system called The Secret, which claims that thinking good thoughts and buying DVDs can cure emotional, financial, and physical problems. Winfrey's first show about The Secret helped make a believer out of Kim Tinkham, who had recently been diagnosed with breast cancer. She told Winfrey in 2007 that the system had inspired her to ignore her doctors, who told her she needed immediate surgery and treatment. I've decided to heal myself, Tinkham said. Winfrey tried to talk her out of it. I'm really happy the message, and certainly some of the message, is reaching mass consciousness, she said. But Tinkham could think healing thoughts and still get a partial mastectomy. The Washington Examiner reported that Tinkham died three years later. That's how it works. <clears throat> it's called reality. Do you remember the, when The Secret came out? Like, I had people that were, like, that I hadn't talked to in years or whatever would hit me up and be like, have you heard of this book called The Secret? And I was like, man, we haven't talked in a long time. You don't know me at all. But uh, <laughs> I'm a, what they would call a skeptic. Uh, and here's my book called The Skeptic, <laughs> which is, you're full of shit. All you have to do is this positive imagination, just imagine that you're rich and it's gonna happen because i mean that makes perfect sense dude but that book sold so many yeah so many so many copies and to be honest i'm gonna retract the whole thing we we're talking about like uh, how dr oz isn't america's doctor because america's full of fucking idiots <laughs> so so i mean for real winfrey has times been the subject of media speculation that she may one day run for president most notably leading up to the 2020 election, which some of reports claim she was actively considering launching a campaign for the Democratic nomination. I thought she was going to run. and She probably would have won in a landslide. Well, after Trump won, everybody that was just kind of like, huh, we can do it too, probably. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Zuckerberg started like 
traveling the country. I was like, Kanye. I had a, a, yeah, Kanye. a Kanye did. Yeah. I had a, a guy that, you know, he was like, honestly, though, like at this point, I mean, I think it'd be okay if she ran for the Democratic Party. And I was like, hey, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would like somebody that's not a celebrity to yeah. be president. Call me crazy, but. But there was one person that Oprah had befriended over the years that proponents of hers were ready to jump all over. Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein's behavior was reportedly an open secret in the industry, which might make all the photos of Winfrey schmoozing around with him a political problem. Oh, wow. She was good friends with him? Yep. Everybody was, dude. Yeah, yeah. but no. That but... was a fucking rainmaker. If you're, in, if you're in the entertainment industry and that guy's dropping movies at Oscar after Oscar after Oscar... You're like, yeah, people like this, like be around winners and they just gloss over like bad stuff. Everybody in Hollywood knew what the fucking score was with that. Yeah, but I mean, like everybody in Hollywood who's trying to get movies from him, like Oprah had no need to be in anything of his. She could do everything on her own. So like those are the kinds of people that I'm like, oh, that's even worse, you know. Yeah, it's a power set. Yeah. Now, maybe she didn't know the specific details or whatever, but she also, you know, she used a soldering iron for dimples on people in Africa <laughs> and then allowed them to be go to a rape school. So <laughs> yeah, true, true, you know. Uh, unlike with Fry, Winfrey at least never publicly defended Weinstein's behavior after the accusations went public. Rather, she condemned his hideous behavior. Still, her spokesman had to deny a TMZ report that Winfrey urged Weinstein to defend himself against the scandal. In November 2020, actress Katie Noble told reporters that Weinstein had seduced her in part by introducing her to Winfrey and Naomi Campbell. This led to a headline on page six. Weinstein uses Oprah and Naomi to seduce me. That's crazy, too. The idea of him seducing somebody, you know. <laughs> oh, come on. My bathtub. <laughs> come on. Uh, oh, we're so sexual, baby. <laughs> She's just like, oh, he's just so charming. He wanted me to wash this zitty back. And I just, <laughs> come on. This, uh, I got some Neutrogena for my, <laughs> my back. So it's not just TV and controversy that has made Oprah a global icon. She's been called the greatest black philanthropist in U.S. history. She was the richest African-American in the 20th century and has given away many, many millions of her own dollars to charities all over the world and her own foundations. Over the years, Oprah Winfrey used her talk show to publicize the Angel Network, dedicating at least a few shows a year to its work. 100% of any donation went directly toward funding a project. Oprah Winfrey paid all the overhead and operating costs for the Angel Network herself. Oprah's Angel Network began small. She started it in 1997, with the goal of getting audience members more involved in giving and volunteering. She encouraged viewers to collect spare change to provide scholarships for Boys and Girls Clubs of America, as well as 200 volunteers to build homes for Habitat for Humanity. The Angel Network collected millions of dollars in donations, which then provided grants to organizations that focused on Winfrey's charitable initiatives. That's actually one of my favorite scenes out of the uh, like Ocean's Eleven series is... Uh, they're getting ready to pull the big heist. It's like maybe the night before and mm-hmm. Brad Pitt shows up at George Clooney's door. He knocks on it and um, comes in to start talking about it. And he sees like George is like teared up a little bit. He's like, what? what's the matter? He's like, oh, no, nothing, nothing. He looks around. He sees a bottle of wine. You know, he's like, you drinking a little wine? You watching TV? And it's Oprah Winfrey show. And she's like, and you get a house, you get a room mm-hmm. and you get a room. He's like, you're watching Oprah. <laughs> and then like two seconds later, he's like, hold on all of them get a house and like they both start tearing up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She does. I mean, her philanthropic works are very respectable. Yeah. The arm of the angel network was far reaching. Although projects were primarily concentrated in the United States, they also provided grants to overseas organizations. 
Examples of the organization's projects include the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy School for Girls and other educational initiatives for children around the world. And also producing Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> <laughs> Solid movie, though. You know? I, was, I thought it was, uh, you were about to say something about like the school for kids who don't read good <laughs> yeah. from Zoolander. How cool is this? How yeah. can they learn to read if they can't fit into the school? <laughs> it needs to be at least three times yeah. bigger than this. It was announced in 2010 that the organization would dissolve as soon as all funds were dispersed and would cease to accept donations. Oprah also runs the Oprah Winfrey Foundation exclusively. The foundation provides grants for not-for-profit organizations. Oprah uses her personal money to fund the grants, which helps projects of special interest to Winfrey, including education, learning, and leadership development. The organization doesn't accept donations or grant applications. Instead, Oprah chooses charities and makes special endowments through a private foundation, giving millions of dollars in grants to nonprofits. The foundation has more than $190 million in assets and funds, and that's pretty much all from her. Yeah. Man. Hey, good honor. Yeah. I, I love hearing about stuff like that. You're you know, a fucking versus, billionaire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but instead of just sitting on it or, you know. Like, no, yeah, certainly. You know, that's you see like the giving pledge and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you what can, was it? Uh, lady who wrote the Harry Potter series. J.K. Rowling. Yeah. She gets a lot of shit for like falling off the billionaire list. And she was like, I give it to charity. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with yeah. all this money? It's like, like Mackenzie Bezos, man. That chick's giving away. Yeah. Like, billions of dollars at this yeah, point yeah, yeah. The boys and girls do. club got like a huge here in, in atlanta especially really? like got a huge portion of like yeah. one of her donations yeah but she earned it she had to fuck jeff bezos for like 20 years <laughs> during Although, the rough years exactly yeah. when he looked like a fucking librarian as now he looks like a super villain he does yeah. Yeah. the u.s dream academy is a national after school program seeking to work with children who have one parent usually a father incarcerated the goal is to break the cycle of incarceration in 2006, Oprah donated over a million dollars, and according to financial reports, she is also one of their biggest supporters. And that, boys, is Oprah Winfrey. Okay. All right. Let's yeah. get some final scores. Um, yeah, so it sort of lines up with what I was talking about. I don't think she's a malicious person. I think she is a massive celebrity. She's done well for herself, all things considered. She's lucky she escaped that fucking crack trap because... <laughs> Man, not God, many do. No, no, no. She's definitely the richest crackhead that's ever lived. <laughs> I would think. Like, that's, probably, that's yeah. probably pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I wonder if, like, Richard Branson ever smoked crack. I can't see. He's done a lot of coke. The guy's done tons. Although, you know, you get I fucked up. I would not be surprised. He's probably, he's probably smoked powder. Who, who's got coke? Oh, nobody. No, I yeah. got some crack. No, no. That guy, John, can, like a helicopter will fly into McAfee, his island. Was McAfee Richard Hearn? No. No, he wasn't no, a billionaire. He never no. touched a Maybe, yeah, I mean, high millionaire. Maybe like yeah. 50? I think it is 60 million. Maxed out was like 100 mil or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah. or whatever, which is fucking chump change, little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mitt Romney now came close. He also smoked crack. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, can you imagine smoking crack with Mitt Romney? <laughs> He's just fucking <laughs> sitting in his magic underwear on his couch. <laughs> Whoa. Um, but no, uh, so I, like I said, I don't think she's a bad person. Um, I think she's brought a lot of negative into the world with, with guys like Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz, but she's also sort of like uh, counterweighted that with her you know her her rape factory and i'm sorry <laughs> no i'm just kidding uh yeah the stuff she does is uh is, is not bad i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it fair tough upbringing very tough upbringing yeah much tougher than i imagined yeah Holy and there, shit. there isn't a lot of stuff like i you know 
with the way that she sort of like ran over like James Fry or, and, and all these other guys, like they they had it coming to some extent. So it's whatever. And I know that, you know, you, she has at this point when you're that large, you really have to do protect your persona. That's your entire business. Yeah. 100%. So I get that. I feel like it's a little chicken shit to kind of do it sometimes, but that's not that big of a deal. I'm going to put her at a five. I would put her at a five. I think I dropped down a little bit. You did. You yeah. had her at a five point two five. Yeah. Once I found out the 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 uh, tough upbringing and the the crack smoking, you know, and that her name's really off, Orpa. Orpa. I'm gonna shave off of a quarter of a point. It's not. It's sort of her fault for Doctor Oz and Doctor Phil, but you know, whatever. Five. What do you What do you got? So, uh, yeah, no, um, man, tough upbringing. I was not expecting that. I uh, was not expecting her name to be Orpa. Um, but yeah. yeah, you guys both looked at me funny when I said it. Like, oh, you're gonna have to redo that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought. And you can tell that I did zero research here. <laughs> that would have just looked up her Wikipedia. I didn't even bother reading the first paragraph of the Wikipedia page. Thank you, Randy. I'm glad that you did this. Absolutely. God help us if if you hadn't done it, we'd be like, she has a show. <laughs> she fucked Roger Ebert, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I give her points for that. So two uh, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, tough upbringing, um, you know, when somebody's in the media for that long and can be that successful for that long, especially running a daytime show where you're constantly having to come up with five new ideas every week mm-hmm. as your main topics for the show and still filling in a lot of the gaps too. you know, I, I do kind of give you a little bit of leeway because I mean, there's times that we cover shit on the show that we look that I'm sure we're going to look back on and be like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have covered that. Or said um, that. Yeah. And yeah. there's been plenty of times where we've been like, even oh. on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I don't really, you know, for like the one random episode here or there that like she has to backtrack on, uh, I'm not necessarily going to give her a lot of crap for that. You know, it's more when you do it consistently, like the Dr. Phil's and stuff like that, that, you know, I have an issue with it. Um, Dr. Oz is always going to be, uh, a sticking point for me. I, I do not like that guy. And she backed him for a long time. And especially because she, in her earlier days of the show was just like, I'm doing it my way and would really, you know, put her foot down. And then you, you back people like Dr. Oz like that when you know that, you know, it's just not a hundred percent there. And maybe we're doing it more for ratings at this point. Oh, a hundred percent. You know? So yeah, I, you know, I've got a little bit of an issue with that. So that's where she's going to tick up a little bit for me. But, I mean, overall, I didn't hear anything that really blew her into the stratosphere of an asshole for me. So, I originally had her at a 4.0, which was the average person. Um, Going to kick her up to a 4.5 as my okay. final asshole score for Orpa. And this is also, it's interesting, we've closed the full circle here with this episode. Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, and, and Oprah. G- and Jenny McCarthy. And Jenny McCarthy. McCarthy. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's so. The circle has closed. Yep. Randy, what you got? All right. So you kind of hit on a little bit, both of you, with having so many shows out there, you're going to run into a tough spot every once in a while where, to your point, Mikey, you got to sometimes backtrack. It is what it is. And you've Mm -hmm. seen every celebrity do it that's in the news for that long of a period, right? Of course. So, you know, you are protecting your brand. You're fucking trying to protect your image, your show, your ratings. That's your moneymaker. All those millions and millions of housewives that love your shit 
Mm-hmm. But um, also like the team that you're like supporting at this point, yeah, like how absolutely. many people are employed by her just from like the show and O and you know yep. just everything. Yeah, I mean, and if you just stuck with your um, Harvey Weinstein's a great guy. There's yeah. I don't mind hanging out with him. You know, like she like you can't do that, right? There's mm-hmm. shit that you have to say publicly that you yep. don't necessarily believe behind closed doors, but to protect the empire, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, at the end of the day, she didn't kill anybody. She influences a lot of people. She's done a lot of good. Got her at a four point seven five. Okay. And so real quick before we get into the final score here, would you smoke crack with Oprah if she was sitting here right now just for a story? Just to be able to say, I don't know, a couple of years you're at a fucking cocktail party and you're like, so I uh, partied with Oprah one time. They're like, solid, dude. What does she drink? You're like, My she don't drink. <laughs> Jose Cracko? Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. Uh, I've never, I've I've never, never smoked, smoked crack. crack. I've never smoked crack either. Yeah. So. Um, never have any desire to, but smoking crack with Oprah. You know, that's just something I would, that's a story you can't pass on. So yeah, I would <laughs> smoke crack with Oprah just to be able to say I smoked crack with Oprah. Solid. Randy? Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. One rock. You get one Especially rock. if it was just like us three and Oprah. Yeah. Yeah. What if we all got to do that though, but like two of us went off the fucking rails and they became <laughs> became crackheads and Guys, shit. we got to record the podcast. <laughs> or Can't if we do all it. freaked out and killed Oprah. <laughs> We have to so we cover up the murder and hide the body. And she just came over to hang out, and she wanted to see us record this podcast. <laughs> Big fan, Big huge fan. fan. No, but so we have sort of replaced the "How much would it cost?" Uh, to "Would you smoke crack with a celebrity?" question now, and uh, the answer for Oprah is all three of us would smoke crack with Oprah. <laughs> all right, final score. Awesome. All right, well, with a five point oh for Mikey. A 4.5 from Buddy and a 4.75 from Randy. Oprah's final asshole score is a 4.75. 4.75 that puts her just above Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Screech, and just below Ty Cobb, the racist baseball player. Wow, I feel like she's... Yeah, okay, all right. Well, yeah, okay. Ty Cobb... Uh, Ty just needs to get bombed. I feel like she's right in that range with Tom Cruise at the 4.58. The pre-show mm-hmm. score seems... Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that. You well, know, this is what we've come up with. So the score sticks. Score sticks. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Asshole Court. As we always say, go check us out at www.patreon.com slash AHC podcast. You got to put the full name in there because we are explicit. Get all your show uh, information on there. Get voting power on future shows. Get your stickers. Get your swag. And you maybe get a hand job for Mikey. Definitely a shout out on a show. That's not a maybe. It's a hundred percent. Patreon exclusive content. Right. There's only like twelve of you right now. Fifteen, thirty. Maybe there's twenty of you guys. Twenty-four. Tw- okay, there's twenty-four. So one an hour in a whole day. I got I got you all covered. Nice. Now make it tough for me though. We want to get like an entire week of HJs. He's got PTO from work. Be kind to one another. We will see you next time on Asshole Court. Before I say anything else, I want to say no matter what you've done, you deserve respect. Even if you make mistakes, you're lovable. And it doesn't matter your look, skills, or age, or size, or anything. You're worthwhile. No one could ever take that away from you. Shit.